We were recently talking with someone who had not proven themselves really trustworthy in a relationship, and they didn't do any one thing wrong, but a series of inconsistencies led them to not be able to be trusted with the small things and sometimes with the big things. So what if your spouse has lost trust in you because of the small things, or maybe because of something huge? That's what we're going to talk about today. Hello world, wake me up to another good, good morning, time to go All right, what's up, everybody? I hope you're having a great day and a great week so far. We're your host, Daniel and Bonnie Hoover. And today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about trust and rebuilding trust uh, inevitably somewhere along your marriage adventure. One of you has done something big or small to lose trust or to break trust. And that is especially for the first time when you're first married, the first time that happens it, it kind of sends you whirling, doesn't it? Yeah, it brings a lot of disillusionment because this person that you're like, wow, I, I trusted my life with them. And maybe it's years you've been able to trust them. And it's somewhere yeah. along the way they do something that just is, it just knocks you. For a loop. Yeah, for a loop. And you don't know what to do. And um, I think I think it's kind of, I got to thinking about this this morning. Um, before I was, I got up this morning and I was lifting weights. And I'll just back up and say, so we, we have gone years where we worked out, and then we'll have... Consistently. Consistently, you know. yeah. And then, um, you know, a year and a half ago, I had a major break. I broke my arm in two places, and I couldn't even make a fist for... I mean, it was... it was. Yeah. I wasn't even sure if my arm was going to work at all again. And over the last year and a half, I have built that back. And now I'm to the point I can... I'm exercising like I used to. Well, mostly like I used and you to. You were about a year without yeah. being able to exercise. And yeah. because I wanted to serve you, I too <laughs> went that year and didn't exercise because I didn't uh, want you to feel bad uh, and right, have to right. eat all the junk food yourself. Was, so. Well, I didn't eat. Well, I didn't eat all the junk food, but I didn't well, work I did, out. What I'm yeah. saying is, yeah. So just thinking about that, but it was really this good picture of what happens when you have a major break in trust. Mm. Um, Because I had this major break in my arm, and it limited what I could and couldn't do, and it took a a while to come back. And I think with trust, you know, we when we first get married or when we, when we, or in a relationship dating or with anybody, not just in our, with our spouse, but with people in our lives, we, we go into it based on our past with one of two postures. Either we go into it just giving that person a certain amount of trust automatically that we kind of gift that to them and say, okay, well, I'm going to give them this trust until it's broken mm-hmm. or they can uphold it and I'll, tr- I'll continue to trust them or I'll lose trust in them if something bad happens. Yeah, and- so if you've been in a really string of bad relationships, you have trust issues and they don't get any. Yep, but if you're, yeah. if you've, if you've had, I'll say, I'll say normal, I don't know, but if you've, mm-hmm. if you've been able to, to trust people, then typically, like you just said, we gift mm-hmm. a new relationship, our spouse, a certain amount of trust. Yeah. But 
then there, some people go into it, like you just said, with this, all right, someone new in my life is already starting in a trust deficit because I don't trust anybody. Yeah. And so you're going to have to start from scratch and you're going to have to earn my trust before I give you even a little bit. And so you kind of have that, that is skewed by your past relationships or. I have no parents. I mean, I know. I heard yeah. someone say they had two kids and they said uh, one time, they said, listen, I have two kids. I have one kid that. Uh, has my trust until they lose it. And then I have one kid that has no trust until they earn it. Yeah. So different personalities, different levels mm-hmm. of trust. And it was so funny because last night, kind of talking on this trust thing. So Colby wasn't feeling too well. And Colby's a 12-year-old kid. Yeah. And, he's a good 12-year-old uh, he's a, kid. He's a great 12-year-old kid. But he's a 12-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. And so he was, I don't know what was, he just wasn't feeling mm-hmm. right. And he wanted to sleep on the in the chair in the den and mm-hmm. not in his bed, and so uh, so I was like, okay, I don't mind if you do this one night. We're not going to do this every night, but one night I'm fine with. And so he, uh, but before I went to bed, I got to thinking, where, why? So <laughs> I took all the remote controls, yeah, and took them to our bedroom uh-huh. because I could just see twelve year old kid. Sitting up watching to TV. Sit up watch TV or, or go play I games. I think you de- you disabled his computer because we have things that can you know parent parental things like his Xbox and all that. His Xbox and yeah. all that, and so because I'm just seeing me walking in and I and and seeing him playing Xbox <laughs> or on TV. So I not that he would do that. Sure. Yeah. Right. I He's mean, a 12 year old kid. Yeah. I was a 12 year old kid, and yeah. so um, so I trust Colby with some things, but. Just because I don't trust trust any twelve year old boy, right? As far you know, based and on so, history, it's like based okay. on all of hu- humanity's <laughs> history of twelve year old boys, right? Doesn't well, matter if they're good or bad. I so, know. so that's anyway, true. that's a great example of what you're talking about, though. Yeah. So we have history of knowing that you know twelve year old boys can't be trusted. So. I'll never forget. This is a side story. I'll never forget when Colby was like three. And we were, wa- I was watching a, a college football game and it was his bedtime Okay. and he had to go to bed and he was so upset that he didn't get to, cause he, w- he would watch like four quarters of football from Even the time three, he was three. Yep. Yeah. And uh, he was maybe four. And, uh, and so he goes to bed like 30 minutes oh, later, I, remember this. I turn around and I look under the kitchen table and he's sitting <laughs> underneath the kitchen table watching the football game. Like he wouldn't get busted. Oh, it was incredible. Yep. Well, I didn't know whether to be proud or be mad. I know, I know. So well, and it's that. I mean, it's like you you trust until you don't. In that case, it's yeah. like it takes one act to lose a lot of trust, but it takes a lot of time and consistency to regain a small amount of trust once it's been lost. And yeah. and it's that's kind of difficult. And this is a this is kind of a heavy topic, but yeah. before we dive fully into it, let's have a little fun. All right, so Bonnie and I are Gen, Gen X, X, and our kids are Gen Z. So this is called Do You Know Your Gen Z Slang? Woo! <laughs> All right. You going with the questions? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the first word is slay. What does it Slay? mean? Slay. Slay. Mm-hmm. Bonnie, you take this one. Right. See me. Like, uh, slay means um, you're doing awesome at something. Like, you slayed that. Yeah, you I think it job. means like slay oh. ride. 
like sleigh ride. It says this word means to do something well or to do a good job. Yeah. Right. Good bet. job, Bonnie. Okay, good job, Bonnie. Next word is bet. Bet. Like mm -hmm. I bet you want. B e t. Can bet. you use that in a sentence? Um, like, not right, really. Bet. All right. <laughs> not bet. really. So all right. Like, bet. I'll bet you. It's on. That, yes. Okay. It's on. Yeah. Like, all right. Did I get that? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, I mean. Okay. All right. Close all right. Enough. All right. Next. Vibing. Vibing. Like I'm digging that. I'm liking that. I'm going. I'm, yeah. You just threw in another. <laughs> I threw in another one. Digging. <laughs> digging. 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 That's a. That's an old one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, oldie yeah. but a goodie. All right. All right. Uh, Next. fact. Oh, sus. Sorry, sus. 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 That's suspect. Like suspect. It's like, suspicious. Yeah, yeah. Suspicious. suspicious. I don't, suspicious. I don't believe right. that. It's an Among Us thing. <laughs> okay. Facts. Facts? Mm -hmm. Like it's true. Yeah. Okay. Give us something uh, harder than slaps. that. Slaps. Slaps? Slaps. That's Ooh. where someone slaps your mama. <laughs> oh, slaps. Okay. Slaps. What is it? Something really something good. Something really good. Something really good? Okay. All right, I get that. That slaps, like, like on the base, yeah. like slaps. No, no, I don't know. No, like okay. that slaps, like that's really good. Okay. All right, all right. Yeah. Here we go. What's another one? Okay. Cap. Like I'm gonna put a cap in you. You're gonna shoot somebody. No, uh, cap yeah. meaning I can't you're done. Say that on I'm the so internet. I'm so street. <laughs> no, like, that's the problem. Like I'm cap so is in your as we're done. We're cutting it off. No, uh, not like, really. Like no cap. Cap means like lie. Like no cap means no lie. Okay, right. That right. makes no sense. Okay. Right. Tea. Tea, like, like spill like the gossip. tea. Yeah. That's an oldie. Gossip. Yeah. Okay. Like spill the tea. All right. Like. Wait, I got one. It's off. Dub. What's a dub? Dub. Win. Like yes. you got the win. Yeah. yeah. Oh, All right. I would like the W. All right, one more, one more, one more. Um, Ghost. Oh. Uh, like you just don't return their call or yeah. you just ignore them. Yeah. See, we did. Okay. Pretty good. Some of these, some Pretty of these good. derive from like I don't, our generation. I don't use a lot of these, but well, we are back, and you know we've pre-recorded that. It's funny. I'm listening back to those, and Josie sounds so much like me. I was, <laughs> she does. I was mixed. I was listening. I'm like, wait, I didn't say that. That sounded like her. It's funny to hear hear a recording and. And, uh, oh, that is funny. Yeah, we, we I, I, I'll tell you, I will, like, sometimes when I call your phone mm -hmm. when y'all are out and she'll answer mm -hmm. or you'll answer and I'm not sure which one it is, ah, yeah. which is not funny, though, because me and my brothers used to do that to all our girlfriends because yes. we all sounded it, alike. It turns right back around. And you used now, to do that to me. Now you're going to get it back. Now I'm about to get it back. That goes right into trust. <laughs> I have zero trust. <laughs> do you trust me when I answer my I phone? I do not. Well, on the, uh, today on the podcast, we're talking about trust. And if you've lost trust, how do you get it back? And if your spouse has lost trust with you, how do you begin to trust again? Mm. And this is a deeper topic than a 30-minute podcast, but we're going to hopefully yeah, hit it yeah. a little bit. Well, you know, we... I think a lot of this will go, maybe we can draw that illustration. There's so much that applies like to a break, a break in trust, but a break like in my arm, there was a lot that you can kind of, boy, I lived through that and it was difficult. But I think when you've got a, a break in trust initially, if it's something big, you've got to deal with that initial break. This is, I mean, so this is critical care. Yes. This is field medic. 
Yep. Like right at the uh, right it, at the port of impact. You know, if it's something small, like I okay, so I consistently ask you to pick something up from the grocery store on the way home, and you consistently forget. Right. There's something as simple to deal with that is as oh man, I'm sorry, I'm going to run to the grocery store right now and go make this right. right. That can be remedied. Then you can make a note and put it in your phone, and there are simple steps to stuff like that. And some stuff like that is just realizing our spouse's personality mm-hmm. is different than ours. Mm-hmm. And if you're asking me over and over to remember something, you can kind of chalk it up as that Daniel's just not good at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at that. And I can make a note, or you can send me a text. Yeah. There's workarounds, like you said. Yeah. There's workarounds. We all have our strengths and weaknesses in our personality. And some of those things were very endearing when we were dating, mm-hmm. but now they're annoying because <laughs> we're counting on them. Yeah. But, but there's workarounds, right? So yeah. the workaround is, listen, just put, can you please just put me a list on the fridge, right? Mm-hmm. Or can you text me? And, mm-hmm. and I've heard couples say, I don't want to have to do that. Well, you know what? There's parts of their personality that's different from yours. That's better. And yeah. There's parts of yours that might might be more responsible than theirs, and right. that's okay. Yeah. But we love our spouse enough to work around. So those little things, I think we can mm-hmm. we can find win win solutions and compromise. Yeah. Because we love our spouse, we'll work around those. And at the end of the day, I think something small like that's not gonna you're not gonna lose a ton of cash out of the bank of trust. No. Those are just going to no. be little, okay. Not unless it's building on other things that you yeah. have lost trust. So what about if it is something egregious, that something happens that you you discover something that you really can't trust? There's They've been hiding large purchases or debt or they've, they've had an affair or they're looking at something online they shouldn't or things that are really... Now I can't trust you with our finances. Now I can't trust you with our kids. Now I can't trust you with my our relationship at all. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that initial break? Well, it's got it. First, if you have found this and you've not had this conversation, there needs to be disclosure. Mm-hmm. There needs to be that conversation to where you talk about it and it comes out. Mm-hmm. And um, and that might just be, and, and you can't, sometimes you can't dictate how that comes out. You you stumble upon it and and they're there, yeah. Or you stumble upon it and they're not there. Or you don't stumble upon it. Someone calls you and tells you, or your spouse walks in the room and blind mm. spot blindsides you. So a number of ways this can come out. So having one game plan or one you know one solution is not it's it's not an option right. because this happens in different ways. But what does have to happen is especially if it's something as egregious as an affair mm-hmm. or a deep-seated sexual addiction or or like you said man they've just spent $10,000 and you didn't know about it and maybe that's maybe that's because of an addiction mm. some type of gambling or spending addiction um there has to be disclosure mm-hmm. and that's always done really well with a third party with a counselor or a pastor or mm-hmm. somebody that can help walk you through that disclosure process yeah. and help you begin to maintain um, your ability to think. Because when we get uh, when we get what we call flat brain emotionally or flooded emotionally, mm-hmm. we're overtaken by our emotions. Our heart rate spins out of control. Yeah. Our mind secretes these chemicals that that put up walls where we can't think, we can't hear, we can't do anything we've all been in that place we all we kind of say we all get to like 13 year old girls right when we get to that place 
we have to have somebody help walk us through that disclosure mm-hmm. so that we can hear what this egregious thing is that's happened and help walk us through that. And um, and that is something that we do in our in our marriage adventure intensives and in our yeah. rescue intensives mm-hmm. is I'll help walk a couple through disclosure. And all that is, is all right, let's get the facts out mm-hmm. and let's find out exactly what happened. Because typically there's always a second disclosure. Mm. If you're not walked through that process and it's kind of like wringing out a sponge, mm. the only, uh, if you don't have somebody help you wring that sponge out, then what's going to come out is just enough to uh, make sense of what they found out. Yeah. Does that make, does that make yeah. sense? So there's usually a second or third disclosure sometimes about the depth of how deep this has gone. Well, and that, and I do think about, I remember when I did break my arm, being in that critical care moment of the pain was so difficult, so excruciating. I had to be helped to, to go and get the x-rays and the and yeah. the care team around me had to help walk me through that because the pain was so intense. I couldn't think. Yeah. I couldn't make sense of what had happened. Then they began to put it under the x-ray and see what had really mm-hmm. happened and how it could be put back together. And you might be in a season of this, we need critical care. <laughs> we need a team of people who love us, a, a team of, or a team of outside impartial people to help us analyze this initial mm-hmm. break in trust this initial how deep does this go mm-hmm. how you know where let's help x-ray this and and help us do it in a way that we can begin to see where the the hurt and the pain is that needs to be put back together in the trust yeah and, and, and having a pastor or counselor or whomever walk you through that process of what now Mm-hmm. Because because really what's happened, and it's the same as grief, grief is if you've ever lost somebody, mm. you're in this fog. You're at ground zero. You're in this fog for a week or so mm-hmm. and, or two. And you it, it's kind of like being underwater with the tides and the waves crashing down. Yeah. You don't know which way's up, which mm-hmm. way's down, which way to go. And having someone help kind of hold your hand and walk you through that. To yeah. get back on your feet. And I think that goes for both parties. Yes. Um, so with the initial break, critical care surgery has to happen and you're going to have to have help. So reach out to mm-hmm. a pastor, a counselor, or like I said, we do that with our with our uh, rescue intensives here. Well, and then I think once you get through that initial triage and you've kind of been able to walk through and, and, and some of the pain has subsided, um, maybe some of the swelling's gone down and the surgery, you've started dealing with some of the issues. It, it takes a long time to kind of, to come back to maybe mm-hmm. they've, I know when they put my arm back together with the plates and all that stuff, there was a long time, there was a lot of pain and I had to go through physical therapy to help learn how to, to use those muscles again. Mm-hmm. I had to, to, you know, put up things in place to I had guards in place where, I mean, I didn't, I had people that helped me cook. I had, um, yeah, I had to, I had to go into therapy and work those muscles and, and consistently work on that injured area in a way that would bring back health. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's that in our relationship, it means putting maybe some strict boundaries in place that, okay, we've determined these were unhealthy things. 
Like for me, I was not going to get on a lawnmower for a while because I broke my arm on the lawnmower. Yeah. It's like I'm not going to do these things because the heavy lifting is still painful. And we might have to be cautious in our relationship as we walk through putting life back together and um, remove temptations from the person. And, you know, if it was whatever it was, maybe if it was a financial thing, then the other partner takes on, I, or I'm strictly handling these things for a while. I'll, I'll kind of give you some allowance for a little bit. Or mm-hmm. um, if it's something like that, or if it's, you know, they were looking at something they shouldn't online consistently. We're putting up filters. Well, that needs to happen anyway for every couple, whether mm-hmm. they're, you know. Filters on your computer. Yes, phones, yes. Um, change yeah. of activities or friends or places you go. Yeah, and there's some of those things that are just really practical, understandable things. If you've been in an affair and this person was at the workplace, well, okay, you're not going back into that same workplace with that person. Something's got to happen there, whether it's a change of job or move or what have you. Mm-hmm. And uh, right out of the gate, um, that physical therapy you're talking about, putting those fences up, putting those things up is, is it just makes sense. And it's incredibly, um, it's effective and, it, and it's very helpful to the person that's been offended yeah. uh, and to the person that's done the offending. Long term, mm-hmm. those things can't stay in place. Right. Long term, that's not going to change behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the external parameters are really good and really need to go up. But what truly changes behavior is is what happens on the inside of a person mm. long term. So you can kind of liken it to um, if you've got a dog. Uh, well, we have a farm, so we have some horses, right? So if you've got a, a dog and you want to put up a fence or you got horses, if you put up one of those invisible fences, mm-hmm. at first, what are you putting up? You're putting up little flags, de- kind of designating where the fence is, where yeah. those parameters are. And your dog gets zapped once or twice. They see those flags. They know where the perimeter is. Yeah. After a while, they've been, trained. they've been trained. After a while, you can take those flags out. You could probably even take the fence out of the ground because they're not going into that, past that area. Mm. Now there's an inward change that's happened. Yeah. And uh, one of the biggest things that, and we're talking about egregious trust here. We're not talking about little things. Uh, One of the biggest things that changes someone that's been the offender Mm -hmm. um, or infidel, we can use that word, sounds kind of harsh, but it it fits if it's a a sexual deception. Infidelity. Infidelity. Um, The the thing that, that changes that person for the long haul um, the most is to see and understand the destruction that's happened because of their actions. Mm, yeah. And so that's why it's important for the person who's been offended, the spouse, to be able to live in their pain. Mm. And not, as Christians, we know the right thing to say, oh, well, I need to forgive, I want to forgive, I will forgive. And so sometimes we put those actions in place before their reality. Mm. You know, I've, I've talked with couples that uh, two days after the affair, well, I forgive her. They've even had sex, mm. which is a horrible thing, right, at that point in time. Sex glosses over a lot of communication. It masks a lot of feelings and uh, and makes people, gives this, them this fake sense that, oh, we're good. We've had sex. Yeah. And it's not true. And so, um, but what needs to happen is that person who, who's been offended at the onset needs to live in that pain. They mm-hmm. need to feel that pain. And it's not a bad thing. To let the offender know they're in pain. Yeah. Now, we don't want to do this from a manipulative standpoint. We want to do this from a reality. Yeah. 
that this is what you've done to me and our family and I'm being true. Mm-hmm. Now, over time, a year from now, that they need to be able to work and move through that pain mm-hmm. and not use it as manipulation or or hurt towards the uh, the person that's offended them. But if as the offender I see what I've done to you, yeah. then that's going to be one of the biggest things to, that if I love you at all, it yeah. breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it lets me see what I've done to my family. And I wear the brunt and the weight of what I've done. Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, and we'll continue to talk about some other things that happen. But initially, yes, those external parameters. But you can't, you're not going to track somebody forever. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to have, you know, all this stuff forever. Eventually, as you begin to heal and move through that, those things need to need to fall away right. as you establish back trust. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's very important. Well, then I think you move into once you have, and this takes time. This is not like a one, two, three steps that can happen within three weeks of loss of trust. We're talking, mm-hmm. this may take a couple of years, you know, you get to the long-term maintenance. So they say in, in, um, in infidelity mm-hmm. affairs, again, big egregious things, it takes uh, as long to heal and move through it as the person was in the relationship typically. Mm. So if it was a, a six month affair, it's going to take you a good six months. If it was a, a one night thing that just, it, it happened, he was on a business trip, you'll be able to move through it a oh, little quicker. I don't think quicker. one day, not no, one day. One day doesn't, doesn't apply. I'm talking for affairs of the heart and right. embedded affairs. If it was a 10 year, six year, eight year affair, they mm. say it's a minimum of two years wow. to process it and walk through it and be able to heal from it. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of a rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. What that says is this is a long-term thing. You're not yeah. going to get through it quick. Right. Well, and I think even after, it's been a year and a half since I broke my arm. And to this day, I'm just to the point I can begin maintenance. Yeah. I'm just now, okay, now I can do things I used to do. I'm building back better, so to speak. <laughs> I'm doing the working out now. I'm, I'm working my muscles in a way that I can move forward in the future in health and begin to resume life. Mm-hmm. And I think it takes that amount of time to be able to, when you've lost trust, to be able to get to resume life. You're not going back to the life pre what happened, but you are building a new life that's maintainable, that's going to be healthy. What about, so we've, we've talked a lot about these big egregious things. What about the, the smaller thing that I've just lost trust on the day to day? There's lack of consistency maybe mm-hmm. in my, in my spouse's life or, or actions. How do we, how do we move through that? I think that be- comes back to you have to learn to, uh, you have to put a lot of boundaries in place to, for yourself. It's like the little things like over loss over time. You have to learn to be consistent, reliable, dependable with your spouse. And that goes into the scripture where G- in James it says, let your yeses be yes and your noes be noes. It's, I am going to do what I say I'm going to do over time mm-hmm. consistently. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to get it right every time, but I am making a heart change to move towards consistency in my relationship and I want to show you that that you can mm-hmm. trust me um, and that just it's like with our kids and it's, we've tell them you know all right so here are the things you can do to build some trust back 
Um, and now they're not going to get it right every time, but if we see they're consistently doing those things, trying to rebuild trust, then they can they gain that trust back. You know, um, consistency over time is truly the remedy for building trust back. Mm-hmm. Consistent behavior over a long period of time mm-hmm. and uh, is is the remedy for that. And it's really funny, in our kids' lives, I'm seeing there's, there's a, something that they're both doing consistently over time. And we're seeing big changes, right? So mm-hmm. Josie has dove, dove, de, dove in. She has, she has dived, dived, dived. <laughs> she has gone full head in, into, into music mm-hmm. and instruments and all. And man, she is probably an hour or two a day. She spends playing mm-hmm. guitar or, or, or piano or singing or songwriting or something. And she's done this for going on a year. Yeah. And man, the stride she's making. Mm-hmm. I mean, unbelievable at four, at 13 and Colby uh, started has started out. working out. And so he's consistently been working out three to four days a week for, what, a month or two. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I had told him, I, I'd, you know, he'd work out one time, like twice, and he's like, it's not working. I, still, still, I don't have a six-pack yet. And I'm like, buddy, here's, it's consistency over time. It's the yep. boring thing mm-hmm. over time, and you'll begin to see gains from it. Mm-hmm. And now two months in, it's funny. He'll look, and I'll see him catching himself in the mirror. I'll see him, you know. Yep. And, uh, and I'll, you know, we'll be tussling. I'm like, man, you're, you're He's tight. tight. tightening up. Yeah. And yeah. You're, not, you're not a, you know, miserable goo anymore. You're, you're actually mm-hmm. tightened up. But that's the same thing with trust. It's doing the boring, consistent, right thing mm-hmm. over a long period of time. Well, and that, and then your health, you get begin to do the things consistently that build health. You're investing time in your relationship. Mm-hmm. You're spending time talking through the day. You're planning date lights, date nights, but you're you're maintaining your integrity in the day to day. And you talked about the change from the inside, and I think all of this comes back to. There's no way I'm going to ever be able to maintain trust and consistency with you if I'm not walking daily from an inner relationship and walk with Jesus. And Mm -hmm. I think once you see that he has transformed my heart and that he holds my heart Mm -hmm. and that I'm living to please him, then I'm naturally going to be trustworthy because Mm -hmm. you're going to see something in me. You're going to see that I'm faithful to him, which makes me faithful to you in the mm-hmm. small things and the, I, I'm wanting to serve him because I love him, which means I'm going to want to serve you and be trustworthy to you. And when Jesus has got control of my heart and I'm walking in him and in this controlled by him, then you're going to be able to trust me because he's trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to rebuild trust when you're just trying to do it on your own and just, just, I mean, it's like, you can't trust me all the time to not turn away from a piece of cake. I mean, right. I can try, 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 but eventually I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go sneak sure. that piece of cake. But, you know, and if you <clears throat> better give me a piece too. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think it does take just consistently, consistently walking with Christ over a long period of time and allowing him to change our hearts. And that That's will right. build trust with our spouse. That's right. That's right. And, and, and it goes back to something we always say, grace. Yeah. Especially in those small things of trust and in the big things of trust. Our spouse is going to fail us. Our yeah. spouse is going to mess up. They're not, you are not my true groom. Mm-hmm. And I'm not your true groom. Right. Our true groom is Jesus and he'll never fail us. And one day we'll be in his presence and he will never fail us. And until then, you're married to a flawed person. And I'm married to a flawed person, flawed yeah. person, 
And we've got to have grace on our spouse while we're on this earth. Well, and if you're struggling right now to build trust back in your marriage, on either side of that, be patient. Yeah. Just keep doing the next right thing and making investments in each other daily. And it, it won't be the the one-time big gesture that, that builds that trust, but that consistency over time, consistency trumps intensity. Every, Every time. time. It really does. It really does. And if this is something you're struggling with and you really need help, um, we do, we offer our reset and we offer our rescue intensives. And you can find more out uh, uh, more about those at themarriageadventure.com. And come come spend three days with us here at the farm. And we dig in and we help walk you through that process. So if you're in the middle of that or you know anybody that is, Definitely reach out, and we'd love to help. Well, I hope you have a great week, and thanks so much for joining us. Look forward to being with you guys next time.